Hello, Daniel. Hello, John. How's it going? <laughs> you broke up right away. We're going well. Where are you? You seem a long way away through this uh, this computer link we've got going. I know, but the the audio for the listeners are still going to be fantastic. So, I am saying a very early good morning from a slightly hazy soul in South Korea this uh, this morning. Um, you're still in Manchester. I'm still in Manchester, so it is uh, just coming up to midnight for me, and I know uh, I'm sounding very tired because it's late, and you're sounding very tired because it's very early. Yeah, and I just pulled uh, a couple of pretty intense days at Kai 2015, um, where I have presented my first research papers, and also met about 1,500 people and gone through two boxes of business cards. That's pretty cool. So, um, who who are you there with? So, I am here as a part of a research team that uh, that we've built the last couple of years at the um, at Glasgow University School of Computing and Science, um, and I'm sort of been tangential uh, or tangential to heavily involved in this research team the last say four years, and we do a lot of um research and design with public public interaction interfaces and how many times have you said that over the last five days um actually not that many but yeah no a couple a couple (laughs) so what's kai then i i've heard of it very briefly about two years ago someone that i worked with went to kai every year but other than that i have no frame of reference for it is it a massive thing a small thing what is it so Kai is the uh, the seminal computer human interaction conference. It's a mix of academics and industry, maybe sixty mm-hmm. forty. So so it's it's a big get together for practitioners and professionals in the field of computer human interaction. That's anything from sort of very very research led. Um, academics where you know you deal with like uh, mathematical models that makes menu searches work to mm-hmm. very very um, um, sort of things that are close to applications um, there's been a lot of really really interesting uh, interesting work here this year on graphical user interface uh, design which i i have very much enjoyed and completely geeked out over <laughs> so, so so yeah what what's been the sort of the, the most striking thing you've seen the coolest thing that's right in there what is the coolest thing i've seen Ooh, that is a good question it's not an expo in that sense Okay, what 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 are the events? Is it is it um, exhibitions or is it uh, talks or where's the balance? Um, so there is a big there there is a big expo hall where people bring bring demos, so things mm-hmm. they are working on, uh, and that is mostly mostly academic projects, and then yeah, and th- that is pretty cool, like because you get you know like everyone. Who does all the weird things you see on the internet occasionally? Like a bunch of those people. Are all saying, of them. Well, you know, like with the, <laughs> no, but the the MIT Media Lab is here, and 
Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely, you know, with a couple of projects. They, they, they did actually really, really, I don't think it was them who did that, but there was a really nice project where someone played around with perception and shadow. Um, mm -hmm. So they had a, a, a moving, there was a connection between a gestural interface on one side of a wall and then it was a moving light in front of a ball on the other side. But then the right. shadow that that threw behind was controlled mm -hmm. by the gestural interface on the other on the other side of the wall. Uh, so yeah, this sounds a little bit sort of complex, I guess. <laughs> I think it's a very visual thing. It is a very <laughs> visual thing. It's a very. But you can draw you can draw a picture for the cover and the cover photo this uh, week. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll 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 send you a picture. I took a picture of this. <laughs> yes, that, I mean, and then there is of course um, a research expo with posters, etc. There's a big industry. Um, industry part where industry brings, um, you know, like either uh, early prototypes or just bring booths and tell people what they do. So you get, you know, Google are here and Facebook are here and uh, mm -hmm. Microsoft are here and, um, uh, you know, chat. To Samsung people. has a big presence, does it? What's that? So Samsung's uh, Samsung's the key sponsor. Samsung's um, Samsung's the key sponsor, and they were here with some some um, early products that they are working on in uh, gestural interfaces and stuff. So yeah, no, like, and there's been a lot of Samsung people mm -hmm. as well. Floating. And this year's um, they their whole they themed it around uh, crossings, which apparently is related to a butterfly, which is the theme. And if you if you go on the Kai website and have a look at the uh, They've got a, a quite interesting video, which I guess was what was played at the beginning. It's the opening movie, and it it it's very cool. Lots of computer generated imagery, and it doesn't really say anything. So no, has there been a, an influence of crossings, or has it just been something that's kind of been the theme? Or I'm not a hundred percent how how the theme works. I mean, the 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 one of the roots of this as well is like the purpose of this guy and the reason it's you know it's in Asia is that it's, it's I guess traditionally a um, Western academically led conference. This is mm -hmm. the first year it's in Asia, and they're trying to bring in the Asian community into the conference by by hosting it here and through a, a series of different initiatives to get uh, Asian universities to to come and talk and display. And they have done that very very successfully. So it was forty percent Asian participants and a lot of mm -hmm. papers published from um, from the universities. I guess primarily in or from from Japan and Korea and China right um so so I mean it's it's crossing into a new continent and I and also I mean the the um field of computer human interaction and, and computer interfaces I guess it's also sort of about you know crossing a lot of lot of borders all the mm -hmm. time but I, th I feel that that is more the nature of the discipline than anything else yeah and no, i saw um uh something was posted uh, at work about um uh, moving beyond interfaces or beyond visual interfaces so has there been a lot of um uh moving interactions off screens and moving interactions into uh another environment i know you do it with the spherical screen which is taking it away from being a, a tablet a slab um, is there lots of looking in that direction as well? Yeah, I mean, the, the work that we did with Glasgow University is a lot about, uh, you know, that's, that's about the, the idea of performing interaction in public. But yeah, mm -hmm. no, there's a lot of work here, actually, 
about tangible interfaces. And there was some really interesting work this year about shape-shifting interfaces and things like that. Right. I mean, I mean, Internet of Things is sort of, you know, starting to, to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it sounds actually really nice being in South Korea because they really pushed the border of what is implemented here. So mm -hmm. besides the conference, like everything runs on NFC here. All right. Uh, okay. So like if you don't, like, everyone pays the the bus with their NFC phones. Mm -hmm. and that's the like that's the only way. Well, apparently you can buy like a little plastic card, but if you don't know that, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the plastic card is also you know it's got a chip in it and, and stuff. So there's, I mean, it's a very very interesting place. It's a very apt place to have a, a computing conference. Mm, well, it's renowned for for exactly the, what you just talked about for that being at the cutting edge and the population picking things up so quickly. Yeah, and they really are. I mean, they have stuff like buses where their routes are crowdsourced and. Uh, you know, which sort of, I'm not mm -hmm. quite sure how that works just yet. Uh, <laughs> but it seems to be that you get on the bus and you sort of vote where it's going to go. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, there was a president of Samsung here and, and he was just like, no, I'm the president of LG. And he's like, oh, these buses, they're really cool. They're crowdsourced. Their route is crowdsourced. Uh, and I was like, that is, I mean, it's fascinating and, and I guess a really, really good idea. Mm -hmm. But implementation wise, it was, a little bit fussy uh, about how it works, but I mean, I, I, I'm sure it works super well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so um, I, I did a big piece of work for the Mobile World Congress this year, mm -hmm. which is another big tech conference um, looking at uh, well, emerging mobile technology. Um, and one of the biggest problems they have there is that a lot of it is is internet based, as you can imagine. Um, but they tend to find when you have big conferences about tech, you can't actually use any form of internet there because there are so many devices trying to connect to everything that everything just stops. So we we produced a load of, um, or we were demo, demoing a load of apps for um, a big payments company, and we had to build everything offline because there was a very high likelihood that we couldn't actually do anything online. So I imagine that Kai must have some of the similar problems, but do they... Is that something you came across? Just that lack of connectivity inside a tech conference. So, so interestingly, it was one of the comments that people had after the the opening plenary mm -hmm. was that the the Wi-Fi. Well, I think the Wi-Fi crashed once, but like that was when everyone got there and sort of said hi on on Twitter and uploaded pictures. Oh. Uh, but it was, yeah, I the, the Wi-Fi has been flawless, That's although awesome. slow. At some mm -hmm. some points, of course, but yeah, no, it's it has been working the entire conference, you know, with three thousand people. That's not bad going, is it? I don't, my, my internet it, stops working at about four devices, so yeah, that is really not bad going, you know, because it's not like, you know, it was just a conference center. I think we brought in our own internet devices, though. Like, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. But there was some. Some pretty hefty-looking uh, routers kicking about. I can imagine. So I was looking at the the Instagram feed um, from uh, the the Kai conference, um, and it seems today there was lots of people waving very brightly colored batons about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's about next year when. So Kai's going to uh, to America next year. Mm -hmm. So there was like a coup of the American, um, the the new American board. They, 
sort of change the uh, the people responsible for the conference every year. And right. yeah, no, so they did it did did a coup when they were uh, we had the, the the closing session and they handed out these batons for people and and then hooked that up to a an app with, where you could change or the, the, their app could sense the color of right. of the batons. So they did different voting things and mm-hmm. um yeah, no, it's pretty clever. And it also just it looked pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, there's lots of light shows. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's one of those those things where like a, a small little interaction which made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the final keynote was, uh, or the final plenary was delivered by possibly uh, South Korea's most famous person at the moment. Well, yeah, I guess he's the world's famous person. Uh, so, so Psy was there doing the, the closing keynote. And he was supposed to talk about social media and, and his use of technology and his, his marketing, uh, which he didn't at all. Um, what what did he talk about? Well, no, he, I mean he he did talk about him not knowing anything about that, uh, right. and and it was it was actually I mean it was a little bit sort of special. It was very very honest and very very humble and very calm, mm-hmm. man. But but yeah, he said I don't really know, you know, like what you need to do as a performer. And a performer who is as famous as him is is actually focused on doing good content, and people are going to share it or not share it. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that's up to them. But you can't really make something go viral just because you want to, and it's something that he really struggles with. You know, is making the next the the, the next thing. Yeah, what, he's got to top what, the most viewed video in the world ever. Yeah. So what do you do after Gangnam Style? And yeah, so and he was really struggling with that. So he talked about talked about that a lot, um, which was yeah, it was really good. I was I was really impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, There's um, a company in Manchester. Apparently, this was a BBC article which specialises in um, generating mass Twitter audiences, um, and they're responsible for a lot of the Twitter campaigns which you see, which are entirely brainless. Apparently, but there's some sort of marketing strategy to some company, and they they have a the art of getting critical mass by owning enough Twitter accounts with a collective number of enough followers that they can instantly retweet and force their own stuff up the top of the ratings because they own enough accounts to retweet straight away. Which I thought was an interesting aside. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there are professionals in this field. Uh, and, and I do find it fascinating with those... Like, I know of a couple of companies that do social media for brands. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like that is, I mean, it seems to be a really worthwhile investment if, you know, you, that, that's the impact you want to have. And the idea mm-hmm. that you should, you should be able to, uh, you know, as a brand, create that by having an Instagram account where you tell people what you do. It seems mm-hmm. a little bit vain. And yeah. Yeah. At least in my experience, I've never seen that approach actually really work for for people you know mm-hmm. when it when it becomes like someone in the marketing department that needs to do it you know 10 percent of their working time and this is like i mean it's yeah. not it's not necessarily bad and it feels that we are doing the social media thing but it doesn't i'm not really sure if it's going to give them a lot of actual value all the you know mm-hmm. all the time Did- so 
And Wired put their foot in it this week with... Uh, they uh, did an Instagram post about uh, some e-cigarette. Um, and it came off definitely as an advert. And whether it was supposed to be an advert or not, all of a sudden Wired's Instagram was promoting smoking. Which was interesting because usually you, the, the, if you read the comments underneath any Wired Instagram post, it's people just tagging other people. Um, but this was just a torrent of what the hell do you think you're doing? That's quite in- an interesting I th- backlash. I think that is quite interesting. Actually, it's also quite interesting to, to sort of note that Instagram is a very um, sort of civil place of the internet. You know, people are not that bad. As opposed to, say, YouTube, where people are mm-hmm. scum. The scum of the internet, and they, and they go to YouTube and, and hang out in the comments field. <laughs> Trolls. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but on YouTube, it's just 90% of everything. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. horrible, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, no. So, but, but it's interesting when you have... Well, so the, the commentary on Wired is renowned for being very, very good and have very high quality. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting that also it's like a, a quality check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a reality check for them yeah no absolutely so so yes i don't know (laughs) but have you been to any i mean because you were arranging conferences and stuff in your previous role yeah yeah no i i did a lot of uh well i did a few little academic conferences but very small ones and then the final one i did was was a big conference for the scottish government um but it was a, a very different different style thing and also i wasn't an attendee i was uh I was a facilitator and an organizer. Um, so I've got the, the other end, really. But I've never been to any big kind of international conference as, a, as an attendee and sort of got the goodie bag and that kind of thing. I've designed the goodie bag, but I've never had one. <laughs> was the goodie bag good from, uh, from Kai? I guess you got one. Um, I did get one. Um, I don't know. Not really, no. Uh, mine um, was good. I, I got compliments for designing mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, like if you're involved in it, no, no, no. It, it's it's okay, you know. But nothing really. No, it's quite. I mean, it's quite interesting. Um. Um. What was I gonna say? I completely lost track here. <laughs> it's too too early in the morning in in Korea. Um, too late at night here. Yeah. No. God. Uh, no, I mean, it's been, it's been really cool. I think I've learned a lot. It was not quite what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really, I think it's been really, really useful. I mean, you meet a lot of people if you, like, if, if you're, I, I, I went here, you know, wanting to meet some very specific people and also wanting to just meet a lot of people and broaden my horizons of the practice in the field. And f- mm-hmm. for that, it has been excellent. I've had a lot of fun and I'm, I have met a lot of people and I've learned, I've actually learned a lot. And that is, I think, a little bit rare. And I think a lot of people, that's the criticism they have about conferences is, is that, you know, you go and you meet people and it's like a, it's like a get together, but you don't actually learn that much. But I do mm-hmm. think I do think I've I've learned a thing or two as well. You think people a lot of people went fresh like you sort of went not with a 
a key, a key goal in mind, but with the idea of meeting lots of people of doing things. I think, I think Kai is a funny one because it's also like a breeding ground for the American PhD students, right? So you, they have like this thing for some of the, not, not like that breeding ground, John. <laughs> don't be, don't be like that. I wasn't being. Uh, I know you. Far too late. So anyways, right. <laughs> No, but but they have, when you do a PhD in, in, in computing, it's like mandatory to publish one or two papers at CHI. So mm -hmm. they sort of send their PhD students and then uh, the, the papers get critiqued. And that is a little bit, I mean, so, so a lot of people come as a part of that circus. Um, and And then, of course, a lot of senior people come to, to meet their peers. Mm -hmm. So, so it was interesting because I have, uh, I, as, as you know, no, I have my foot in the Swedish industry or, you know, the European industry a lot. And this, this um, engagement with my research projects is really petering out. So it's really late stage for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I came here with slightly different experiences and slightly different eyes than many of the att attendees. But the, the short answer is a lot of people come for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think a lot of people, when they come for the first time, it is part, it's part of a junior role in an academic institution. Right. Or part of the, the industry. Yeah, okay. There is a lot of recruitment going on here as well. Like a lot. Okay. So, yeah, oh yeah, no, like, God, it's a fantastic place to be. If you want to go and work for one of the sort of big tech companies, mm -hmm. uh, you could, yeah, going here would probably be an excellent move. So do you think that's the same for lots of other conferences as well? Do you reckon they will be a good place to get into that kind of role? Um, I mean, yeah, you, I, th I think you need to look at who is going there and recruiting. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like Google and Facebook and Samsung and a couple of other people, I mean, they they have sent recruiters here, like a team of recruiters. Right. And so have, I'm thinking, dragging this back to uh, the sort of key message of the podcast about being a young designer and getting work. That seems like an interesting angle to take to go to where these people are. Yes. In this kind of context, if you've got the work and you've got the backing to go there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, I mean, even better, if you can get involved somehow and publish, you know, if you publish mm -hmm. a work and that you can talk about that is relevant and that is also noted in, in, uh, in the, the conference proceedings like that, mm -hmm. that I think is an excellent. Because uh, you got up on stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we presented... We presented uh, a an alt Kai paper that we uh, that we wrote, but that was not uh, that was not design related. It was um, research related, mm -hmm. um, and sort of, I mean, it was about the issues that we had with the ethical frameworks of computing science research. Okay, uh, and that was a really really good experience and thoughts that we have formalized in response to the work that we've done for the last, you know, three or four years and the critique of that work. And we mm -hmm. wanted to open up a discussion about 
um, about the ethical practices of, of the yeah. field. I imagine critiquing ethics in a peer-reviewed process is quite a... Um, Contentious um, issue, yes. I think, <laughs> is what, <laughs> what I'd pick. Thing yeah, no, people, people had a lot of opinions about it, um, mm. which we knew. You know, we wanted it to be provocative. And, uh, and uh, I think we, we landed on a relatively good level of mm-hmm. saying like, hey, guys, we should talk about this. Um, yeah. and we, you know, we ruffled a feather or two, but you know, we, we weren't being, we weren't being loudmouths either. We were just like, listen, we think we should talk about this. We think, you know, we think that the practice should look like this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, I mean, my key message of this has always been, it's not necessarily sure that we are right, yeah. but this is something that we should not ignore. Yeah. I think it's a good approach. It's a... Yeah, I suppose it's a scientific approach, isn't it? That's what we are. We're trying to this out. Does it work? I know. So, so if anyone has really strong thoughts about research methodology in the field of computing <laughs> science, the glove is thrown. <laughs> the gauntlet is down. Come and get take it. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. So no, that's good. I mean, I I know it's getting really late there. So. Yeah. I think maybe we should round this off soon. We can round it off with mm-hmm. some news. But yeah, no, people are doing That's good. People are doing really interesting things and I think the la- latest trend that I've noticed this year is that people are doing a lot of muscle control interfaces. Right? Which uh, which is really fascinating and really really good work because that's going to so have So by muscle control we're talking kind of gestural in the air or we're talking about sensors on the skin or well, both, but but also, um, also you know prosthetics and and uh, ah okay, yeah. So, um, awesome. so yeah, no, it's um, it's it's uh, it's an interesting time to be alive yet again. <laughs> Good. No, but want to be no, but but I was, get one shot at it. I was sitting talking with with a a, a new friend of mine from um, from Aarhus yesterday, mm-hmm. and they do a. Is it called a decennial conference? They do a conference every ten years. Right, that sounds like a yeah, and that's this summer as well. And that's really interesting because then you really see the difference. Yeah. And what they were talking about in eighty-five and ninety-five, you know, is vastly different. And the difference between ninety-five and two thousand and five—I mean, the internet really hit those ten years. So they mm-hmm. went from, you know, like systems and process to, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, the internet is here. <laughs> yeah. What's internet going on, guys? Yeah, so you can really see the difference in how the world progresses. And the first, the first uh, 20 years, you know, it was all in Danish and Swedish. And now, it's, of course, it's all in English. And, mm-hmm. and it's this global phenomenon. And uh, yeah. That sounds great. Well, yeah, it sort of reminds you that actually... This stuff's moving really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a relative thing, isn't it, to the rest of the world? Yeah, all right. So you want to you want to finish the, put this podcast with a round of news? And... Yeah, okay. Yeah. We've got the theme before the news. We'll do the news now. So my bit of news. Um, EE, which is a large uh, mobile company in the UK, um, this week uh, gave all of its customers, um, contract customers, a, a little power bar thing 
that you can charge off the wall and then you can plug in at any point to charge your phone. And everyone could get one. You could walk into the store, pick one up if you had a, an EE contract. Um, and uh, they ran out very quickly. <laughs> They're bringing more in in June, um, which was incredibly successful. Everyone that's on that network has suddenly got them. Um, and people are using them already. Um, the really interesting thing with it is you've used it. You're in the middle of town. You want to charge your phone again. You walk into any EE shop. You hand over your um, empty one and they will immediately give you a full one, which you can walk back out of the shop with straight away. That sounds brilliant. But have they not? did they not give them all away? Um, yeah, I presume they've kept some back and they will then swap out. And so the, the old ones will get charged in store and then you'll get a new one. So you'll end up reusing other people's, which I think brings an interesting security thing in there. Because if we're handing something into a shop and then it's getting given to a random other person or you getting one that's been handed in and you're plugging it directly into your phone, I think there's all sorts of interesting, wonderful magic that could happen there. Um, yeah, another can... really interesting thing about it is it comes with a cable for charging and for plugging into your phone, which is obviously the standard uh, micro USB. Um which doesn't work for Apple devices. So if you've got an Apple device, you've got to carry your extra cable with you at all times in order to use it. Which I think brings up the whole point that Apple are really deviating away from, or continuing to deviate from the away from the market when the rest of the market has decided that one form of connector is quite good for everyone. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, seeing the first implementations of the next version of the micro USB. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's starting to come out. Um, well, soon, isn't it? Over the the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I just, I just want. It's just so much better. So I just want that to be, um, you know, common practice soon. Mm -hmm. Across I mean, multiple devices. Yeah, across all devices. I think that is, you know, that's where it needs to go. That's good. I was, I was, I was very happy uh, when it was about two years ago that pretty much all smartphones went onto the same charger and it just makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it is totally lovely, but that the, 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 the micro USB is not. It's got some design flaws, guys. Like, there's just no way about getting about that. No, but it is what it is, or it was what it was, and I guess now we've got something newer and better we can put in. Um, it's great to modernize and change. It's going to be interesting to see how we do it. But anyway, the EE thing I thought was just a really nice example of uh, a relatively inexpensive um, service to implement, given that all you need in, in store is the initial investment to get the, the Wii chargers. Um, but in store, you just need somewhere that you can plug these things in and hand them back to new people. Um, but it's got a massive impact on PR and on the relationship with your customers because now you've got customers who are regularly coming back into the shop when they would never normally come into the shop with anything but a complaint. Now they're coming back for a positive experience. Um, it's heavily branded um, and it's been really effective. No, absolutely. I think I think it's a it's a genius genius move for me actually. Mm. No, I was, I was really impressed with it, and the people at work who have done it because I'm not on EE myself, but the people at work who've got it are, are very happy and are actually already using it. Um, one of the, the girls. Uh, it used it this morning on the way to work. It fitted her routine and she used it straight away. And I think for something that's this apparently kind of unnecessary thing, you know, we've survived for a long time without it, to be in use within the first week and um, 
of outstripped supply within a day, I think is really quite something. It's really quite something. It also maybe flags up an issue that potentially the batteries in mobile phones could be a little bit bigger. Yeah, well, I think the batteries in everything, but I think that's, I, I am of the belief that in, uh, in five days, there will be a massive change in battery technology, I've decided. In five days? In five days, 29th of um, April, um, Elon Musk said he was going to make an announcement. Ah, it's got right. to be battery. It's got to be battery technology. I we'll, think. Yes, we'll talk about that next podcast for sure. But yeah, yeah Elon, not, but Elon Musk has also said this is like oh things that Elon Musk says. But uh, <laughs> you know, but he has he has said supercharging is the future. You know, this is this in the regards mm-hmm. to the the Tesla cars. But yeah, have you heard? Um, sorry, now I'm going off one. The Tesla um, cars are making it very difficult to sell in the U.S. state by state now. They're making them difficult to sell? Yes. So um, Tesla doesn't have uh, dealerships. It's a direct sales model. Yeah. Um, And there are now six states in the US where it is illegal to buy a car through direct sales. So where um, they fail to go after them by um, sort of, if if we be incredibly cynical, people who've been trying to stop electric cars in favor of oil and selling oil have failed to stop it being developed. Now it's been developed and they're very successfully stopping it being sold in US states. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I hope they get around that because that's just... They've got to get around that. It's so successful. But I, I think that's, it's horrific that that is actually happening. There's no reason to bring that law in. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that has been something that people have had a problem with with the car industry for, for a long time because it's actually, uh, there's no real reason you know, like the, 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 there is a, there is a historic reason for the car dealership, and it's a little bit weird that you can't log online and just buy a car from, you know, Fiat. Company. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's just no reason you shouldn't be allowed to. Do that. Well, I see. It's been one of these things that's going to disappear. You know, it's like travel agents. They were once essential for booking that travel, and and dealerships were once essential for buying cars because you didn't have access to the manufacturer. But now we have access to the airlines. We have access to the car manufacturers. That's a middle job that's going to disappear. It's got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason it's still in place, I think, it's it's legislative. Yes, exactly. And this is the this is what's happening. It's, yeah. Uh, so in other news, Google is uh, slowly taking over your life even more, and they have launched Google Fi, uh, which is now a uh, an additional carrier in the US for the Nexus 6 phones only. Ah. But they're introducing comprehensive pricing to the US market. Mm -hmm. So why is this notable? Well, it's Google. They're dabbling in another field. It's probably no for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, they're sticking in to lots of places. They changed their search algorithm this week as well, today, Mm. in fact. Yeah, but yeah, so... And there is all other sort of contentious issues going around with Google right now. Like, the, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a court case in the EU and things like that. But, but on a sort of interesting and positive service design note, they are entering the mobile carrier market. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, you can go on the Google official blog and check out handsome bearded men talk in telephones. <laughs> So it's kind of interesting. They they give you so their their model is that you pay up front for a certain amount of usage with data, um, as well as the way that they deliver the data, which is interesting as well. But if you don't use your data, they pay you back for what you haven't used. 
which is really good and certainly doesn't happen in the UK. However, um, one of the, the guys at work was saying it's, it's a shame they're not bringing it into the UK market. When you look at the pricing, I maybe it's an American-UK thing here, but uh, the prices that we pay for data in the UK are so much lower than any carrier offers in the US. I think that's striking and, yeah. and very weird. Yeah, no, the, the, the US... Because I do spend uh, a bit of time in the US uh, because of my wife, and just the phone, like the, the prices you have to pay for for carriers in the US is very high. I find, mm-hmm. uh, and they're tied to phones in strange ways. As they're well, tied to they? phones in strange ways, and it's all like it's all a bit for Europeans. If we've got any American listeners mm-hmm. out there, I think there is like two. <laughs> that's what that's what our you know because we're tracking you guys, so I think there is two. Yeah. Um, so no, that's interesting. Google are coming into yet another field, um, which they've got a history of doing, and they tend to come into a field, force it to move in the direction they want it to move, and then sort of disappear from the field because they've done their job. So I wonder if that's going to be what they do here. They're going to make the carriers behave in the way that will suit them, but not necessarily become a major carrier themselves. I mean, potentially, right? But then again, I th- I think data uh, being a data carrier is much more sort of suited to their needs it, it would be something that that where they could really have an impact on the experience of their core products mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah because i guess you're using google you're using chrome on a nexus phone through their network to plug into their systems which control your email your shopping yeah, exactly. So, so, so that is that is two ways. When you when you're starting to have that sort of global control of the system, you can deliver really, really uh, uh, good products, mm-hmm. right? Because you're you're controlling all the instances. Yeah. Um, and, and Google have always been pretty good at that. But yeah, it's I mean it's also really scary when companies get that big. I guess. Yeah. Hence, hence the lawsuit that's going through the EU at the moment, which is a. An interesting one as well. Maybe we should talk briefly about that at some point in the future. It's a a, a monopoly, basically. It's, a, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. Like it's it's a longer discussion, but basically, mm-hmm. um, the the EU are saying that Google has a responsibility of being, you know, ob, an object pro, being a provider of objective surf and not promote its own product. Mm-hmm. Um, to which the rebuttal is Google is a private company delivering a service for which people opt to use. Yes. So, I don't know. It's a longer discussion. We will talk about it in the future because we care about these things. But yeah, no, it's just noteworthy that you know Google are entering another market. Uh, mm-hmm. What comes out of it, it's definitely worth watching. Yes, it is, definitely. Okay, is that us? Can I go to bed? Yes, go to bed. I am going to recover from a very, very intense but also fantastic week here in South Korea. I'll we'll be back in two weeks. This has been a nonlinear approach to Kai, I think. That sounds brilliant. Alright, so I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I think we were potentially a little bit tired, but said some insightful and hopeful things. We'd love to hear your comments, guys. We love when you get in touch with us. So please do. But on that note, we're going to let John go to sleep and I might go and find something which is not seaweed tea. 
<laughs> Enjoy that. All right. Okay. Till next time. <laughs>